All right, so as I was thinking about um, this week and, and what we would do and uh, dealing with our, our situation of being, being here, um, I started to think about um, what we've been studying in Luke's gospel and, and also where Luke's gospel is going to be um, going. And I, I wanted to talk about, um, and you'll, you'll catch it as we go, it, I, I'm titling this idea, this what we're going to talk about today, a, a theology of a meal our theology of a meal together. Um, of course, we smell the food, we're ready to eat, and we will eat soon. Um, but, but what's behind it? Like, what's behind the idea of, of why we eat together? Besides um, the fuel that we need to, to, fill our, you know, to fuel our bodies and such. Um, let, me, let me illustrate where I'm going to go with it with saying this. Um, my wife loves to cook. She looked up. She wasn't paying attention for the moment. Now she is now. Um, she she loves to cook, um, and she's grown a lot into that over the years of our uh, of our marriage. And one of the things that she likes to do through her cooking is she loves to show hospitality through her uh, through her cooking. So if you come over to our home, it's it's most likely going to be surrounded by some kind of meal, right? Some kind of um, some kind of meal. It's it's a spiritual gift of hers, not really cooking, but the hospitality is a spiritual gift of hers. She exercises it well, and I think many of y'all know that. Um, and every night, every day, she's she's cooking or making us at least two to three meals a day. We we eat out, but we don't eat out a lot. And and she's constantly in the kitchen all the time, making meals, cleaning. And uh, even though every meal is not always easy, uh, we know that every meal is done in love. It's it's out of love that it's done for us. Whether it's just microwaving what we've had leftovers or or if it's a, a full blown out meal um, that we that we get to enjoy together it's all done in love um, a meal that is created and a meal that is created in love is it embodies love for the people that they're creating it for and, and for her case it's a love for for me it started out with making meals for me and learning how to cook it's her love for for me and now it's for our our family into every guest that comes into our um, that comes into our home. Now that's not the only facet or the only way she she loves us, but it's certainly a huge tangible one that we we get to eat, and it's a good one most of the time. It's good, right? Ninety nine percent of the time, it's always good, right? Um, and I and I suspect that's the same for many of y'all today. You can think about. Moms, or think about your wives, or whoever. Maybe it was your dad was the cook of the family, and you think about those many, many meals that were created. And, and even today, the preparation that went into coming out here today, the thinking ahead throughout the week: what am I going to bring? What am I going to bring? How am I going to cook it? And some of you might have been a little anxious or whatever, but it's all done to be about love and to sharing uh, a meal together. And I wanted us to just unpack this idea of of the, the theology behind us enjoying uh, um, a meal together. First point that I want to say is that food matters, but meals matter more. Food matters, but meals matter more. Um, I, one of the, uh, a line that my, my wife picked up a couple weeks ago from, from a friend, and it was really freeing to her, and some of y'all might have heard it, heard her say it. Uh, what was it again? Say it. You don't know. It was an old, it's an Irish man. Yeah, he said it. it um, but he said, um, it's for fellowship, it's not, not for about fine, fine dining. That's right, um, and and that's what it, that's what it's about. So so if we're if we're too busy about the food, then we're going to miss the aspect of the meal, right? The meal of of being to, together. So within our 
our fast-paced culture that we 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 live in um, rarely do even families just get to sit down and enjoy uh, a meal together and, and discuss and when we do that when we miss it um, we, we miss a very important aspect of, of creating human relationships that are meant to be gathered around a meal right that's meant to be gathered and gained and learned uh, in, in, an, in a meal and, and there's big differences and we can see statistically of families who who eat together compared to families who don't eat together there there are uh, significances and differences so meals are full of significant uh, full of significance can you think of a better way to express companionship than through a meal can you think of a better way to express companionship with uh, than, than through a meal you're, you're either sitting down with someone to eat uh, with a friend someone you already know someone you want to continue a relationship with or, or maybe it's somebody that you want to get to know somebody you want to you want to become friends with in fact the the word companion uh, has two two Latin words built to together that means that means together bread the word companion means together bread together with bread what do you do with companions? You eat with them. You break bread with them. You, you sit down together. Um, and, and this is what we do at our homes. Think about in the place where we live, where we eat, whether you eat at your kitchen table or you eat in the dining room or, or whatever it may be. Think about all the many dramas that have taken place at the dining room table or the kitchen table, all the small conversations about every day, every little craft that is made, every, every food that we've tasted and maybe laughed at because maybe it wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be. All the little dramas that, that took place, the telling of stories, talking about the news, poking fun at one another. Think about the values that you share and you, you express to one another at a table, teaching children how to sit down and eat and, and how to eat properly and be uh, put their napkin in their lap. I remember that all the time growing up, over and over. Ben, put your napkin in your lap. Ben, don't chew with your mouth open. Ben, do this. Ben, do that. Um, values are toned. Uh, guests are welcome. Guests are welcomed what? Through a meal. Through, through a shared meal. Love is expressed through a meal. We talked about that earlier. Important decisions are made around the table at a meal. La uh, there's lots of laughing, and all this takes a place around a meal. It, food connects us with family and with friends, and it turns strangers into friends. Food is so much more significant than just fuel, right? Food is so much more significant than, than just fuel. Now I want to turn this into, look, look now to the, to, to the New Testament. We've been, we've been walking through, uh, through Luke, and we've just come up with the idea of the Son of Man. We just saw that, right? Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. And, and three times the New Testament had, uses this phrase in three different ways. The Son of Man came. And I think you guys can kind of fill in the blank. The Son of Man came. In three different ways it says this. It says, number one, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So that's number one. Number two, it says the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, right? So seek and save the lost. That's in Luke 19. The first one was in Mark 10. And number three, the Son of Man has come eating and drinking. Has come eating and drinking. That's in Luke 7, 34. So we're not exactly there yet, but we'll be there in a, in a couple weeks, maybe months. Um, so the first two, the first tell us the purpose of why Jesus came. Why did Jesus come? He came to serve. And he came to give his life as a ransom for many and to seek and save his law. That's the, the purpose and why Jesus came. But the third tells us how Jesus came. And how did he come? Jesus came eating and drinking. 
Jesus came eating and drinking. So when you look throughout the gospel, we see Jesus over and over again eating and drinking. In fact, in our study so far through through Luke, we've seen two times now, one last week and one a couple weeks ago when Jesus was first in Capernaum and he met Simon Peter and all that stuff and he was healed his mother-in-law. Two times he was there eating and drinking. Now, last week we saw it as an explicit party. Jesus was partying with these uh, with these guys. Eight more times we're going to see where Jesus uh, eats with uh uh, eats and, and drinks through in, in Luke. And that's not to mention the, the numerous other times that Jesus speaks about your eating and talks about food and refers to food in different ways. And he even calls people fruit, right? Good fruit and, and, and bad fruit. Um, I like what one commentator said about in, in Luke's gospel. He said, Jesus is either going to a meal, he's either at a meal or he's coming from a meal, right? And that's just the case. We see him in all three of those all three of those ways. He uses food to describe salvation and judgment, doesn't he? Good and bad fruit, as I talked about just a moment ago. So Jesus eating and drinking is so important as we see the ministry of Jesus because his ministry and in his eating and drinking was a sign to the rest of the world of his friendship. Listen to me here. His friendship, as we saw last week, his friendship with tax collectors and sinners. His sign of eating with these people was a sign of his friendship and goodwill to tax collectors and sinners, as we saw last week. And in Luke chapter 7, where it actually says in 7.34, where it said that the Son of Man came eating and drinking, um, this is when the, the, uh, um, the Pharisees accused Jesus of being a glutton and a drunkard, right? Excess drinking and excess eating. Why? Because every time they saw him, what was he doing? He was eating and drinking, right? Hanging out. He was fellowshipping. He was teaching these people through people through meals. And I think there's something we're supposed to see there because the excess of his, of his eating and drinking, as I think, is linked with his excess of grace. The grace he was shedding with these people. The grace of, his, of the Son of God eating with tax collectors and sinners. So to Jesus, a meal was, was more than just food. It was, it was little dramas of grace and community and mission. Little dramas of grace, community, and, and mission. And just as they were for him, and just as he set that in motion, it's the same thing for us. That, there, that when we gather to eat together, there's a, a, a drama of God's grace and community that we have with one another in the shared mission that we eat. It, it's, it's a whole lot more of us gathering together today and at the end of each month just because we got to have somewhere to eat. It's about building that community and sharing grace and, and, and working out the mission that God has set before us to do. So I'm not reducing the, the, the purpose of the church down to just eating, right? Because we would, we would be fulfilling it pretty good. We're pretty good eaters. That's not the only thing. Right? It's not the only thing, but but it's certainly when we gather together to eat, it's significantly, certainly a significant part of our shared life together. Eating together is, is a very significant part. Our meals embody grace. It gives shape to our community and even supports our mission. A couple months back, and probably eight to ten a year, months, whatever it was, when we eventually decided, let's eat together after we take the Lord's Supper. 
that that came out of a need of we wanted to build more community well what's the best way to do it instantly good southern folk baptist food let's eat right then that has and notice how that how that how that happens you can almost kind of feel the buildup to each of every single end of the month when we gather together to eat. We, we need that community. We need that, that, that togetherness and sharing grace. Each time we eat together, just like today and at every other month, or when you host each other in your homes or when you have visitors over to your home or you go out to eat with someone or every time you have an unbeliever over to your home, this is what we are doing. We're living out the same mission that Jesus did. He came eating and drinking. You know, community together is not always convenient. It's not always easy. Um, and sometimes with, with one another, it can be complicated. And sometimes we just make ministry complicated, don't we? But how did Jesus do it? He just came eating and drinking. We can do that. You eat every day. You, 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 have, you share meals every day. Invite people. Have each other in, your, in each other's homes. Yes, people are going to invade your space. People are going to invade your space, and it's going to make us feel comfortable. But Jesus came eating and drinking. Let's share those meals with others. Meals build community. Meals build community. Hospitality is not just a Christian value, but it's a Christian characteristic. It's a Christian characteristic. It involves welcoming, creating space, listening, pay attention hospitality with the meal slows things down it reorients us from being from being time and task oriented to people and relational it, it changes everything but it's possible it's even possible at times to show up on Sunday mornings you know when we gather at the honey bone building to 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 kind of keep people at arm's distance isn't it but when you sit in front of them at a meal it kind of breaks that down instantly doesn't it well, we're meant to have these shared meals together, not just once a month and, and when we get kicked out of the HBB and we have to come here or something. It, it's, it was meant for having it weekly together. Of course, in families and, and as church members and with others. We, we use this word, we use this word community a lot. And, and a lot of times it kind of seems like this, it's becoming this word that we don't even really know what it means. Um, but when we eat together, we're not just encountering some theoretical community. We are, we are real people with real problems, with real quirks that, that come together. We're former tax collectors and, and sinners that, that gather and we can love one another and care for one another and serve one another in a very real, tangible way. And that, that thought process has even preceded you in your preparation and coming here this morning. Gathering together for meals in the in the, the book of Acts was central. Was central. They in, in Acts chapter two when they first started gathering together, they they really knew nothing else to do but to listen to the word of God, pray, and eat. And they they ate together right in Acts two forty six day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received food with glad and generous hearts. In Acts chapter twenty, we get one of the. The, uh, one of the most explicit ways the New Testament church actually did church, and that was from the church in Troas, where every time they gathered together, they ate together. Every time they gathered, they, they ate. 
in um, in First Corinthians 11. We we like to use that when we take the the Lord's Supper. Well, it's 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 that that passage. Bill actually preached it uh, months ago now for us. But but it was about how Paul was telling the church and correcting the church and how they treat one another when when receiving and eating together. The rich people were gathering and they were kind of bringing their own food and they were eating it and they had plenty and the poor people had nothing. And so they were eating in very unholy, unrighteous ways. And, and Paul didn't say, okay, if you can't get it right, then don't eat together at all. No, he, he corrects them. He doesn't abolish the eating together, but he realigns their eating together to the cross, to the supper, to the Lord's Supper. He realigns them to the cross. In the first century, churches met in homes. What do you think they did in homes? They, they ate together. They had meals together. You know, we, we're talking about uh, church discipline on Wednesday nights. And one of the ways that discipline works itself out is a withdrawal of the person being disciplined of hospitality. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 5.11. He says, I, now I am writing to you not only to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, swindler, not even to eat with such a one. Think about that. Not to eat with someone who's under discipline is a concrete way to, to show discipline and to show an unrepentant sinner. And how do you think that unrepentant sinner is going to feel when they're not allowed to eat with you anymore? They're not invited anymore. They're not a part to, to even be a part of the Lord's Supper, but also in the hospitality of the body of Christ. So our meals together are meant to build community with one another. They're meant to build community. They shapes us and makes us into a, a, a group of people who, who share good food and good mix of, of, of food. It shapes us. You know, when you, we think about our, our, our people this morning, and, and, and the one thing we share, we have a gathered meal. This is such a unique meal even today compared to the rest of our culture. Where else? Brothers and sisters, where else are you going to see in our community today? People of different ages, different socioeconomic statuses, different education levels, gathering together around one table and eating together. Friends will get together and they'll go to Shane's and they'll eat, but they'll be same economic status or they'll be the same race. They'll be the same culture. Or they went to the same schools or whatever it may be. They might have even went to the same church. But where else in the church do you see displayed so many different types of people from different groups and different places in life gathering together to eat a meal together than the church? It points to something different, doesn't it? It points to a, a uniqueness in what Jesus was creating when he, was, when he came eating and drinking. I, I read one point, uh, this also this past week, that... Um, Jesus was crucified because of who he ate and drank with. Brothers and sisters, Jesus came eating and drinking to bring us in. Bringing us in and welcoming us to the table. We have a shared life and death experience together. We share in the death and the life that Christ has given, uh, given us. So the point is, this morning as we gather to eat, we come eating together as tax collectors, as sinners, called into deeper meaning and deeper life together. It points to his, his grace and to his gospel. 
but our meals together are meant to, to build and bring about community together. They're meant to bring about uh, community together. So not only are we to make time together on Sunday mornings to, to eat together and gather together, but I want to encourage you to make time to be hospitable throughout the week. See the value of it. See the value of what your Savior has done in coming eating and drinking. To be hospitable, to be welcoming in your home, whether it's church members, visitors of the church, whatever it may be, or unbelievers that you know. Welcome them into your home. I said early that it, that it does come at a cost, that it may, that it may cost us. Um, I've lost my notes here. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I said we may. There's going to be a loss. You know, hospitality does come with its inherent dangers, doesn't it? Right. It means it means letting people see our homes the way they may re- the way they may really be. It, it may come to may lead to our pantries being wiped out. I thought about how um, Bilbo Baggins and the Hobbit had had the the, the dwarves just kind of made their way in and they destroyed his place. Right. It may come to that. It may come to our all of our food stores being being plundered maybe it'd be people seeing our house my drinks might get spilt on your carpet come to my house you see that often but let me let me show you this let me tell you this but remember how god has welcomed us to his table how has god welcomed us to his table through the spilt blood of his son so brothers and sisters let's let's welcome others to our tables Let's welcome others into, into our homes and let it shape our community as the Lord sees fit. Let's pray, and then we'll eat. How did I do? Thank you. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for our food and our meal. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for how he came eating and drinking with sinners. It shows us, Father, as sinners that we are, we are deeply welcomed to your table because of your spilt blood. And so we pray this morning that you would uh, continue to build our community together through the work of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for this food. Use it to nourish our bodies and our bodies for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.